Welcome to Season 2 of the Generational Dental Wealth Show. Season 2 is all about increasing dental financial IQ. We do record these live in studio at Team Studios, so if you want to see the video format of this show, go ahead to Spotify or YouTube. Also, if you want to join the Generational Dental Wealth community, go ahead to teamfinancial.com forward slash educate. Let's hop into it. Welcome to season two of the Generational Dental Wealth Podcast. Yeah. My name is Dr. Jermaine Effetti. My name is Kingsley Effetti, CPA. We're so excited to have so you excited. back here today, man. It's, it's season two. It's season two, man. We we made it. <laughs> we made it. We made it, man. Season yeah. one was was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, we've been recording season two for a few months now, making sure we yeah. have the best product for everyone out there. So we're excited how season two is, is coming into shape, and yeah. we're excited to release this to the world. Yeah, definitely, man. We we wanted to uh, you know bring a few extra hands on deck and and make sure that we give you all the the, the best version of the Generation of Dunno Wealth show, man. So I think I think you all will, 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 will really enjoy this season, man. One thing we really learned from season one and really yep. just like analyzing the data on like who's listening is yep. we're starting to really figure out who is our core audience yep. who are the ones that we're really serving right yep. and one thing that I've noticed is that the demographic that in which we serve the most are are dentists who are business minded exactly or dentists who are interested in becoming more business minded yeah yeah and it's it's it's, it's really speaking to the mentality it's not just uh like like we talked about uh, a business in the sense of traditional even practice ownership a lot of times it's just are you financially aware on, on money matters on financial matters and um are, are you willing to take that extra step and really try to be uh have a hands-on approach of what's going on on your financial life man so in that vein just like all of us went to dental school and we learned prostodontics, we learned periodontics, we learned oral surgery, we learned restorative, we learned all the different areas within dentistry. Now we all self-identified to figure out where do we want our career within dentistry to go. Yeah. It's the same way I chose to be a general dentist. It's the same way this season we're going to go into different financial topics so you can figure out where does this lie as far as where you want to go with your financial life. Yeah. So we're very, very excited. We're going to be talking talk, touching on different, few different topics, and we're going to be touching on practice ownership. We're going to be talking about associateships. We're going to be talking about contracting. We're going to talk about what do you do with your financial resources once you start to accumulate some financial resources. Yep. What kind of buckets do you put them in? How do you invest? But ultimately, everything we're going to be doing this season is focused on one main goal. Yep. How do you build your generational wealth? Yeah, how, how do you do it? And, um, you know, you cannot do it without being financially astute. You know, that's taxes. That is uh, knowing, you know, that a practice is an asset. That's knowing cash flow. Um, it's just understanding the dynamics in which, uh, um, you know, get you to that final destination. You know, you cannot be one dimensional anymore. You know, we're no longer in school where you get the grade for the work you put in. But now it's so many different factors, so many different variables that ultimately lead to that final success that you have to be aware of, man. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about this journey to generational dental wealth, man. So I'm excited. For sure. For sure. Again, just being a general dentist, you have a, you have a very good understanding that you have to be well versed in a lot of different areas. Exactly. Right? Like in in life, especially when it comes to your finances, you cannot be a specialist. Right. You have to have a little bit of pedo and you have to have a little bit of periodontics and you have to have a little prosthodontics in you. Right. Myself personally, I don't see younger, younger kids. Right. But in that same vein, the areas that I know I don't personally do, I get help in. Right. We have some great referrals in Charlotte and specifically that we're able to now get kids into safer hands. It's the same way in your finances. Yeah. You should be well versed in every single area, but areas that you don't 
don't necessarily feel comfortable in, that's when it's time to get help. Yeah, man, I, I completely agree. You know, uh, talking to many different dentists and, and, and talking about, the, you know, their finances, different things like that, even me as a CPA. I'm always pushing in vain, hey, you know, if we're talking about investing, if we're talking about stock market, that probably is going to be pointed more towards your uh, financial advisor, right? So even within the CPA world, even when working with, with, with dentists, we have to realize that, you know what I mean, we have to know where our line is drawn so that we can get, you know, that, that professional into the best hands possible. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. That's good, man. So in the best way that we know how to, we're kicking off season two, yeah. hopping into the big topic of income let's do it people have so many questions on how much does the average dentist make how much does the average practice owner make yeah. these numbers actually make sense what does it actually look like yeah. i know myself personally when i was in dental school i used to be in class googling how much does the average dentist make yeah like, and i used to always try to get more information on what makes sense but i could never really get clear answers even going into my first contract negotiation when i was first came out of school and i was negotiating contracts between two different offices to travel between them yeah honestly even to that point i didn't really know I was using Indeed as a barometer to figure out what's 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 fair for a dentist, right? Yeah. So hopefully through this episode, everybody can walk away with a little bit more knowledge on how much the average dentist makes and what 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 makes sense for your particular situation. Yeah. Everything we're going to say is preface to your geographical location as well as your clinical experience, right? At the same way, somebody in in, in New York or someone in Los Angeles might have a very higher cost of living compared to somebody in Nebraska. Right? Exactly. So therefore, right, just because the number is larger does not mean the the, the dollar goes further. Exactly. That, that makes sense. sense right? Makes sense. And the same way that somebody who's been out of school for 10 years, right, or somebody who is fresh out of school or maybe just finished their AEG or GPR, they should not necessarily demand the same in a contract negotiation just because the knowledge in which they bring to the table are completely different. Yeah. So- Man, let's let's kick it off, um, you know, uh, talking about just the different varieties of practicing uh, within dental, uh, you know, just as a right. First one as a salary uh, as a salaried employee, I'm making about one hundred and twenty six thousand just on average, um, like Dr. Fetty alluded to. Right. Big piece of this. Right. Is take home. Right. Not not everything that you get promised as uh, as 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 a W-2 employee is what you end up seeing at the end of the day. Um, so. For instance, twenty six thousand of that may just go to covering taxes. You may only get a hundred thousand of that to go live, um, and there's obviously very, uh, very different variety of, of 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 pieces of things going on. Like you said, cost of living, inflation, different things like that. That this is what this season is about. Is talking about those different aspects so that we can compare apples to apples, um, and not apples to oranges. Right, putting everybody on that even playing field so that we can begin to com compare and contrast. For sure. Yeah. So the statistics that Kingsley is alluding to right now are a study that the ADA put out that is also on the Federal Labor Bureau statistics, right, which basically surveyed about 140,000 dentists nationwide. Yep. And it surveyed what is your income, right? Like wh wh where do you lie on, a, on, on the spectrum of income? And this helps everybody get a better understanding of what does it look like nationally. So the average associate nationwide is making about $126,000 a year. Depending yep. on where you're at, that's high, that's low. In North Carolina, Carolina, that's on the lower side for uh, for most average dentists. Um, but again, it's all geographically based, right? Yep. So again, in Charlotte, it might not go as far as far as New York City, right? Or New York City might go less further than Charlotte. Just all depends on where you're at, right? So now we go into practice owners. The average practice owner makes $187,000 a year, yep. right? I'm going to put these numbers out here because I, I want to hear your opinion on what these numbers look like and what, what you see in your practice on a daily basis, right? Yep. And now, 
a non-solo owner, their average salary is $232,000 a year. So those are the three buckets, right? Bucket number one, associate, $126,000. Next is the solo owner, $187,000. A non-solo owner, $232,000. For those that don't know the difference between a solo owner and non-solo owner, it means that a, non- a solo owner is probably the only individual inside of the office. They are the they are the owner of that office. They have auxiliary staff, hygienists, assistants, front desk, but they are the they are the only doctor there. Right? Yeah. Non-solo owner mean individual. You could still be the solo owner, but you either have associates in place or you're a partner or different. Basically, there's other dental doctor providers that are in that office. Yeah. So those are the three buckets. Associate, solo owner, non-solo owner. Yeah. So those are the three buckets. So Kingsley, I'm, I'm not sure as far as what you see on a daily basis, what population do you deal with most? Uh, d- definitely solo owners. Okay. Uh, I-, I would say those uh, solo owners typically when it comes to having a CPA are probably the first people to go reach out to a CPA. Uh, maybe because it's in, I've never been a dentist, but I'm assuming maybe it's the, the scariest piece of it, right? Because you know that I'm on my own. I'm, I might be starting this practice or taking over this practice. And, you know, this is a little bit uh, different than what I've always been used to. Yeah. Uh, compared to uh, maybe a dentist is going into a, mo- a multi-member uh, practice that has, uh, you know, maybe associates or, or maybe they're buying into a practice. They're typically they may be working um, with, you know, a dentist that's been there for 20 years. So they may have, you know, some recommendations with uh, what to do financially. Uh, so I would say, you know, typically the everyday uh, uh, transactions we, we kind of see w- would be with, you know, helping solo owners get their finances, getting their accounting, getting their taxes in order. Yeah, man. So these numbers that I'm seeing here personally, basically just, just off coaching, I, I'm seeing that these numbers are pretty spot on with like a 20 percent variance upward or downward. Right. Mm-hmm. Like um, depending on the first associateship contract, I'm seeing individuals that are coming in around that 126,000 and may, maybe about. Again, 30,000 higher or 30,000 lower. Just it all depends on what area and how much they're going to work, right? Yeah. For solo practice owners, I'm seeing that 187,000 for the individuals that, that we get to work with. Yeah. Some, obviously, a little bit higher. Some, a little bit lower. And, again, for solo practice owners, it just all depends. Is this your first or second year of a startup? Or are you in year 10, you have an established uh, patient base and you're looking to expand, right? Exactly. Versus a non-solo owner who has maybe an associate in place or maybe a partner of maybe let's say five or six partners and them coming in at 232,000 understand that don't just look at the income right and just say this person makes more or makes less yeah. right for somebody who's a solo owner they're more than likely going to have debt associated with their income right because they have to pay the practice note they have to pay the lease they have different things they have to pay as a non-solo owner you have other things you need to pay as well but to understand that the biggest Income discrepancy between a solo owner and a non-solo owner is that as a non-solo owner, you have other individuals you're splitting those expenses with. Yeah. And in my opinion, that's the reason that the, the non-solo owner has a higher take-home ability. Exactly. Right? As far as this statistic goes, right? This is not everybody, right? Because as far as the financial firms that that I listen to, even this on on, on different podcasts or talk to directly, yeah. their, their, their clients, people who, who tend to work with financial experts are not coming in at these numbers. Yeah. Right. Well, I just want to introduce just one financial concept because sure. I, I think I think what you're referring to may be um, economies of scale, uh, meaning, you know, if you have three dentists that all work together in one group, you might still only need one front desk. You might still only need one person on the phone. You may not need versus if it's three three individuals that have three different practices, you definitely need three different front desk people. You know, so 
you now begin to gain in economies of scale, meaning that the cost does not go up even though the, the income begins to go up, right? You, you get to cut down on expenses because you're, like you said, sharing these expenses. It's not as much uh, 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 things that you need to account for individually. And now it, it, the income can now justify the expenses a little bit more. So economies of scale is, is sounding a little bit what, what, what you're referring to now, man. So we're simply talking about fixed and variable costs, correct? Exactly. And I don't want to go too deep. So let's give like a real life example, right? Yeah. So everybody here, when you were in dental school, yeah. you probably either lived alone or you had roommates. Exactly. So- Let's say if you had a four bedroom home and the rent is $2,000, right? Either you could pay the $2,000 alone or you can have four roommates and everybody pay 500. Yeah. At the end of the day, everybody still gets a safe place to live. The question is, how much are you paying for that safe place to live? So the same thing happens in the dental world. Like whether if you're a solo owner, if you're a, a non-solo owner, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But also when it comes to here, as we were saying, individuals who work with financial experts tend to have higher income. Yeah. So, one firm in, that we're in very close uh, contact with, they told us that their average uh, dentist who is non-solo or solo is bringing in 300000 Yeah. That is far exceeding 187 we're seeing here. And what that told me earlier on, because I was told those statistics earlier on, even before I graduated, I'm being, that tells me that, hmm, the individuals who tend to engage experts are the ones who tend to have a quicker velocity towards their financial goals, if that makes sense, right? Makes sense. So basically that that tells me that people who tend to engage experts are the ones who have a quicker velocity towards their goal. Yep. Those are the ones who will have somebody to help point out the pitfalls, right, as they go. And I always play play around with you and tell you that, you know, getting my MBA told me, it helped me realize 70% of things, right? But that also helped me identify the 30% of things I don't know. So I want to ask you, based off the, the clients that you work with and the people that you run into at like different state association meetings, have you seen a difference between those who have like expert financial help or those who are just getting into the game? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, what I would say the biggest thing, <clears throat> those who go and get, you know, CPA or financial advisor, things like that, they typically begin to run around uh, circles that, um, really benefit them. For for instance, what ends up happening is <clears throat> typically dental CPAs know other practice owners. So we're able to get information from those practice owners and say, hey, like this is what we're seeing across the street. This is what we're seeing down the road. These are some different concepts that you may need to be aware of. Um, you know, that just like the saying goes, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Same thing with getting that financial help, having that financial voice in your ear. At the end of the day, you might be able to piece it together, get information as it comes, Google this, Google that, maybe, you know, check with or cross-reference with a practice down the street. But when you're working with that financial professional, they're typically working with maybe tens or even hundreds of people in your same position. So why not just go ahead and pick their brain, get their ear and say, hey, this is what my practice is dealing with. You know, collections right now are just not making sense compared to what we're producing. What have you seen? And even though that CPA, that financial advisor may not be in the practice with you, they may hey, say, hey, you know, I talked to Dr. Joe Brown the other day in the same exact situation. This may be something to keep your mind on. This may be an avenue to think of. So long story short, really helps you, like you said, avoid those pitfalls and it helps you get out of, you know, the situations or the downfalls much more quicker. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. So the reason we're going into this so, so deeply is because, again, like just just giving people statistics on income without giving background, yeah. it, it, it'll be fruitless. So understand that all these numbers happen for a reason. Right. Like there's 
Associates make what they make for a reason. Solo practice owners makes what they make for a reason. Non-solo make what they make for a reason. And all the numbers we gave you were general. So I'm just going to quickly rattle off the specialty numbers for the same exact classifications. And then we'll just continue to move forward and wrap up the conversation. So for associate specialists, right? Yeah. This takes all the different uh, specialties into consideration. The average associate makes about $190,000 a year. $190,000. Now, the average solo owner makes approximately $300,000 a year, okay? Now, the average non-solo owner makes about $349,000. Let's call it $350,000 a year. So as we talked about different classifications, obviously being a, a specialist, it has the in, a higher income potential because you have a more specified knowledge set, right? Yep. So, but at the same time, again, depending on where you fall in this, right? I don't want you making a decision thinking like, okay, because that person makes more, I want to go do that, right? Yeah. It's all about what what fits you and what you want the most, right? Yeah. If, if you want to specialize, specialize. If you want to start a practice, start a practice. If you want to be an associate, be an associate. But again, the one thing that I just felt like I didn't have earlier on when I was going through this journey was the knowledge and the information. Yeah. And I'm hoping everybody here now leaves from this conversation at least having the general knowledge basis of information so they can help make their decision better in the future. Yeah, man, I think I think you put it all in a good way. And one thing I'll say about this season, and, and this is what I feel like in my heart, what this season is about, you know, taking a concept like income to me on that financial pyramid is is honestly just a foundational piece. Uh, reason being, there's so many other factors that affect your quality of life. You know, when it comes to finances, when it comes to doing, you know, these things to get your generational dental wealth life. Um, and one thing I'll say is we'll introduce the other concepts, like we said, of how does taxes affect that income level that you're bringing in? How does um, investing in, in affect that income that, that that you're keeping or that you're bringing in? So I just say that to say, don't don't be one of the individuals or professionals that think that the income is what produces the outcome. Right. Income is just one variable uh, variable that we're going to discuss in this season. But I think you've summed it up nice and well, gave us a good foundational launching pad uh, to kind of tackle this conversation. Man, it's going to be a fun season. We have some yeah. amazing guests <laughs> that are going to be on, man. A, yeah. a, a, a lot of a lot, a lot of surprises that are going to be a coming lot. up. We're excited. It's going to be a great time. We got some some individual interviews, man. It's it's it's, it's going to be a ball. So again, if anybody has any questions that they would yeah. like us to answer on air, or if you just have any any questions on a personal side, you can reach out to us. Uh, you can reach out to myself at Dr. NBA LLC. That's my at name. Yep. And mine is Kingsley Ifedi at Kingsley Ifedi on Instagram, LinkedIn, etc. You can always find us. We're excited. This is going to be a great season. So thank you, everybody, for joining us on this episode today. If you need to reach us, or you need to send any questions, any thoughts, anything like that. We air questions online all the time on the episodes. You can reach me at Dr. at Dr. MBA LLC on Instagram or Facebook. Yep. And mine is at Kingsley Ifedi. That's last name I-F-E-D-I. And you can catch me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, etc. And one more other thing we want to throw out there. We really want to stress to you all, man, community is what helps you go far. Uh, so we want to invite you. Go ahead and join the community here um, of people who think, walk, talk, generational dental wealth. Um, and you can go ahead and visit um, us on the website at team uh, it's teamfinancials.com forward slash community. 
All right, that's teamfinancials.com forward slash community. And we want to invite like-minded people just like you to come and hang out with us. It's going to be an amazing season. Thank it's going to be awesome. Peace. Peace. Peace.